0: You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, joined today by Guy Corten. how are you? Matt, how's it going? I'm well. Feels like I was just 10 minutes ago, we yeah, were chatting. I know, we just seem to speak all the time. Yeah, I know. Uh, but it's not just us today. No. Thank goodness.
1: Thank God. Wow. Our listeners are actually pretty excited They're about screaming our Have you guys been alone all day? We have been. We've been <laughs> stuck in this pseudo booth all day,
0: just trying to grovel for that's stuff.
2: That's great. I'm glad I can <laughs> right. partake at the end of the day. So,
0: uh, the other voice that you hear on the show is Eric Kaiser, CEO of Orderful. Tell us a little about yourself, Eric.
2: Yeah. Fortunately, I've been kind of pigeonholed and and also unfortunately in the EDI space for the last 10 years. I would consider myself to be an EDI expert, B2B trading expert, worked with a lot of Fortune 500, Fortune 100 companies to trade EDI data and B2B data with third-party systems and trading partners. Recently, I started Orderful. We started in 2016, and we are a, a hub for EDI trading companies can connect to us once and transact with the world.
0: So you're helping connect these businesses with suppliers, helping to take some of that friction out in the time and process yeah. of having those communications there.
2: Yeah, mostly we work with suppliers. A lot of our businesses direct with suppliers, and um, when we work with suppliers, they're automating orders from all their buyers, and the specific challenge that those suppliers face is kind of twofold. Suppliers can't build software. They have a really, really hard time coding, building software, writing custom logic. And then secondly, the other problem is, is really the ecosystem of EDI and the ecosystem of buyers and suppliers trading data. All those companies have to build custom point-to-point integrations. And what that means is when a supplier connects with a buyer, they have to follow the buyer's unique requirement. Then that forces the supplier to build custom software for each one of those relationships.
0: Yeah. And it's not just one or two relationships. No, it it sort of multiplies.
1: Eric, talk to us about, I mean, again, I, EDI has been around forever. We know that 30 years, 30 years, but just to take a step back again, explain to our audience again, you know, what is EDI? When did it come up? And, you know, why has it still been around for 30 years? Why haven't we found a better way of doing what EDI is supposed to do?
2: EDI started the history of it started in the military And the government was using it to send data transactions over telephone wire for World War II. So it kind of started as a foundational communication method for the military. And then Walmart actually adopted it a little over 30 years ago and forced all of their suppliers to enable EDI data because Walmart was sick and tired of placing phone calls to all of their suppliers and because it's walmart so and because it's walmart they can do what they want they do whatever the uh-huh. hell they want but
0: yet here we are today people still have to make a lot of calls yep. they shoot somehow it seems the only people that still have fax machines are in the supply chain sometimes yeah. <laughs> a lot of
2: companies you know today the reason why it's still around i think there's a few reasons first nobody's really been incentivized to change the way that companies trade edi data consulting firms if you're working as a consultant you're making really, really good money supporting EDI integrations because there's always customization and there's always work. It basically feeds you. So to try to build a system that replaces all the customization that you can manage and generate revenue from would be kind of silly. I was faced with that dilemma. In 2013, I started a consulting firm. I was 25. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. But I realized that there was a huge need for consultants that service EDI environments in the United States. And that's how I got into creating Orderful. as I have a deep empathy for the problem that those suppliers face by building all the custom software.
1: So do you think, you know, for that point, or do you think one of the problems we have with EDI is because the promise of it was, Hey, this is a simple point to point communication method easy peasy just you know send stuff back and forth but the reality is like we've seen a lot of other systems is that the customization all of a sudden now adds obviously complexity it adds issues where it's not just like i have one supplier i have 10 15 20 100 thousand multiplies and all of a sudden now those are all customized themselves so what's the tipping point like where are we going where all of a sudden some of these suppliers are saying enough you know, I can't maintain all this. The customization is getting in the way. The communication is getting away. It's not clean. Are we at that tipping point? Are we, have we passed it? Where do you see that?
2: I think we're there. I think with modern technology like APIs and, and like the solution we have with Orderful, we can kind of create the change. I think that ability to modernize EDI wasn't there five years ago. So I think we're there. I think, you know, the natural progression for companies too is it starts out as a you know, as a manual process where companies are actually just king order data in, maybe king invoice data in. And then it transitions into, you know, from like you said, from one to two trading partners to ten to fifteen. And companies need to automate because then you have three or four different transactions and really you end up having about fifty unique relationships to actually manage, which becomes way too much for a company to, to key in. So they integrate and then companies adopt all these archaic standards, um, and they must continue to trade the same way. They built the software 15, 20 years ago that's still running their EDI system, and then they haven't had a chance to modernize it. Because really, there hasn't been a big shift in the technology over the last 20 years. The best way to trade has been with flat files or XML over FTP or VAN or AS2. But now with, with APIs, companies can connect and, and trade that way. You know, we've heard the
1: same thing with like uh, air traffic control, right? The systems are built on like cobalt software and the stuff's terrible and all this. But it's obviously impossible to take down air control systems and upgrade them, right? Because we know it takes for a long time. It doesn't matter. Even if it took five minutes, we can not turn off, you know. Do you think it's the same thing with EDI where, where this stuff is so entrenched that these companies, these supply chains can't say, hey, let's just stop for a second. Let's take the EDI out and let's put something else in. Is that too hard, or is there an opportunity for them to say, let's do a slow rollout and change some connectivities? And- so our
2: customers aren't all big bang. Yeah. A lot of them do roll out EDI implementations, and we'll do groups of trading partners at a time or, or hit a specific vertical at a time, whether it's retail, transportation, or, or their 3PL, their warehousing. But you know now, with the API, companies can actually connect once and not have to build a lot of different custom software. So I think, as far as like what 's the motivating factor for the change, like what 's making these companies want to change there's a few things. When a company switches an ERP system or they switch a system of record, they need to look at another EDI service that's one Another factor for changes is, is personnel. You know they have these 20 year old 30 year old systems that are still in place, maybe running in COBOL or AS400, RPG, whatever it is, that are basically running the lifeblood of their business. And these systems can't be supported by modern technology. can't be supported by modern employees. And they're losing these
0: people because they're retiring. Right, because it's sustainable and really the people that are now coming into the workforce, to take them back two or three generations of software just seems so backwards, right? Uh, at a certain point. It's evolve or die. Does EDI at one point die? What's your vision for what comes next?
2: Yeah, so where, where we're at is where we know that we can't make a big shift. We know that we can't like, make the whole world change overnight. But the way we're approaching it is we have all of our API and our, our web app and our documentation is all self-service. So we're the only self-service EDI provider on the Internet where you can come find orderful docs, find our pricing, log into the website, start trading, and connect and, and actually send and receive X12 data with third parties. That's what's unique about us. Kind of the big picture of the vision is if we can get both sides of the supply chain, the suppliers and the buyers that connect to our API, and we can incentivize them to do that for lower cost, for uh, real-time data, for real-time validation, a lot of benefits actually transact through a hub. I mean, if we can get both sides, then we can eliminate the need for companies to trade these physical X12 files.
0: I uh, don't want to go away from the business of it and uh, just curious because you're obviously not your typical supply chain professional. I mean, you're pretty young for the audience that we tend to work with a lot of times. And there's so many interesting <laughs> software places to come from, right? You feel old. Oh, I know, right? But why this? Why this particular challenge? What was it about this that got you really engaged in, into the yeah, fix part of supply chain? Every
2: company in the world that has a supply chain has this problem. and. Solving the problem with custom code and actually being on site, working with these customers, realizing the pain they feel and, and see was incredibly motivating to, to change it, to actually write something different, to create a change, to, to make a difference. I think that this is, you know, this is something that, that can actually change the way that these companies operate. One more question for me, Eric. You know, you, you talk
1: about some of the industries you're looking at. Is there any particular industry you see as more advanced in terms of, of trying to get off of this? Is it retail? Is it manufacturing? Is it pharmaceutical?
2: Or are they all sort of lumped together at all? It depends on who within that industry. Yeah, I think, I mean, everybody's, everybody wants to trade. I don't think anybody wants to get off of EDI, quote unquote, but people want to do it better because you have all this archaic software on-premise that you have to manage. So whether it's healthcare, supply chain, like retail, food and beverage, insurance, all those industries want a better way to trade data. I think every company in the world is looking for better ways to manage their data, to to run analytics, to run insights, to get information from their supply chain data. EDI actually is a very rich source of information, and a lot of companies don't leverage it for reporting or analytics or decision-making. So I think a lot of companies now are looking at ways to use it for for supply chain efficiencies. You know, everybody has to compete with the Amazon the world who's forcing two-day delivery and, and immediate feedback, EDI and, and electronic trading is, is certainly a way to do that.
0: Excellent. So where can our listeners find out more about you?
2: Yeah, you can uh, find more about me and about the company at orderful.com. You can send me an email at eric at orderful.com, and I'd happily respond. Cool. And they got cool t-shirts. They do have we cool got t-shirts. Great t-shirts. Great
0: t-shirts.
1: <laughs> so I think Matt and I are both large. <laughs> right, yeah. They're I got you idea. guys.
0: <laughs> All right. And that has been an episode of Supply Chain Radio. Eric Kaiser, thanks for joining us. And as always, Gee, it's been a pleasure.
1: Matt, as always a pleasure, Eric. Thanks for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Matt and Gee,
0: thank you. All right. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. Thanks for listening.